0: Welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now look, I think we can say that Canada and our our neighbors to the south, we've had a few bumps in the road in recent years when it comes to trade relations, you know, everything from those steel tariffs imposed by the Trump administration to US President Joe Biden's Buy American push. And well, look on Canada's part, those uh, trucker blockades at the border, they haven't helped much either. But the fact is that we are a pretty tiny market here on a global scale and we have the benefit of living right next door to the world's largest market. So what does that mean for Canadian companies looking to expand. Our guest today is the U.S. Commercial Service Attaché to Canada. It's Nathan Donahue. I think he can fill us in on some of the big opportunities that exist there. And so, Nathan, I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today.
1: No, happy to be here. Thank you very much for, for having me. Okay. okay. So I have to admit, when
0: I hear U.S. Commercial Service Attaché to Canada, it it's, uh, makes me wonder, what might you do day to day? Tell us and the, the listeners what, what exactly your job entails.
1: No, of course. So um, I'm, a, I'm a part of our U.S. Department of Commerce. Uh, and so our, our role as the U.S. Commercial Service, we, we have a mandate from Congress to help U.S. companies export goods and services abroad, as well as help companies internationally that are looking to invest in the United States uh, find the best opportunities. So that, that's like the general description, right? Uh, on a day-to-day basis, what that really means is uh, I work with my team of specialists in, in Toronto, which is where I'm based. Uh, and we. On a daily basis, field requests from the United States to, to help companies that are that are interested in the market. You know, a lot of what we focus on is small and medium enterprises um, that are that are trying to grow their export business. And these could be companies that uh, this is the first market that they're looking at. These could be companies that you know do have a large international footprint, uh, but maybe haven't considered Canada in the past. Um, and the value of our role, both both here in Canada and other places, I, I previously served in Shanghai, China. Um, is that you know, for companies in the United States uh, that are unfamiliar with an international market, um, there are a lot of things that they should be aware of uh, before they try to export. Uh, and so we try to help clarify those uncertainties so that they have the best opportunity possible uh, for their export strategy.
0: What, what would you say maybe that the number one through number three uncertainties are for those companies uh, when it comes to this?
1: Well, I mean, I I think the biggest one uh, is, you know, in the United States, uh, we have such close proximity to Canada. uh, And we have such a strong, long history together uh, with trade, uh, that for some companies, they may think that coming here is just the same as trading somewhere else in the United States, uh, which isn't the case, right? Canada is a a distinctly different market. Uh, The provinces themselves have distinctly different uh, policies in place uh, that these companies need to be aware of. So Uh, For instance, uh, I think um, the Canadian anti-spam legislation is a huge one that U.S. companies aren't always familiar with. Uh, And it's important that they know about that policy uh, so that they are able to apply it correctly as they're reaching out to companies and and they don't run afoul of that. That's certainly one of them. Uh, I think also U.S. companies may not always be aware of the, uh, the importance of the French language in the Canadian society. Uh, and the requirements that there are in place for, say, bilingual labeling requirements. Uh, many U.S. companies don't already have French-English labeling on their products. And again, if they want to be successful in the market and if they're trying to export, that's something that they need to have in place uh, before they, they make a strong push. So, so those, those are a couple examples.
0: Well, you know, I, I do want to jump into Canadian companies and the potential of the market down there in just a second. But, you know, we are a relatively small market. Uh, what is kind of the appeal for these American companies uh, looking at uh, expanding into Canada for the first time?
1: Well, for companies looking to to sell into the, the Canadian market, um, I, I certainly wouldn't consider calling it small. So I, I know Canada uh, population isn't as large as the United States, but Geographically, Canada is, is a huge country, uh, and I think there are a vast amount of opportunities for, for companies trying to sell. And you know, for, for us, there really isn't too small of a company. Uh, there isn't too small of an opportunity for us to help. If, if we're able to help a company sell one item, um, that's something that's significant. And so you know, I, I think certainly there are many industries in the tech space that I think are vibrant here in Vancouver specifically, but across Canada. Uh, And there are great U.S. companies that are operating in the tech space. And we want to be able to help to make those connections in case there are valuable goods and services that Canadians could benefit from uh, if they just had the right contact.
0: Yeah, you know, if you are a B2B software developer here in Vancouver. I think you can only grow so much if you are going to focus only on Canada. I think everyone kind of has that figured out. I I was speaking to a startup recently. uh, This is Olive. uh, They're based here in Vancouver. They recently decided to uh, dip their toes into the United States. They just opened an office in Chicago. Uh, Tell me a little bit why, maybe make a bit of a sales pitch, but why does it make so much sense, Uh, especially right now, when we have so much of this global venture capital pouring into the tech ecosystem, here. We're seeing massive expansion in Vancouver just uh, ever since really the, uh, the pandemic, and it's accelerated that much more. But what's kind of the pitch that you might have for a lot of these companies looking to expand into the United States right now?
1: I, I think the, the biggest pitch is that there's just a vast amount of opportunity. Um, and, you know, the U.S. Is a, is a large, diverse market. There's 50 different states, each of which have their own incentives and opportunities for companies uh, and in addition to that, each state, you know, has their municipalities and their counties, all of which uh, have opportunities for companies that are looking to invest in the United States, including things like industry clusters or, or certain tax incentives. So, really, it's just we're here in place. We have a it's called the Select USA program in our Department of Commerce that focuses solely on helping companies evaluate investment opportunity in the United States. Uh, and really, we understand that it's complicated, and so we're here to try to play that role to make it uncomplicated. Um, we don't pick winners or losers. You know, we, we approach this uh, open-mindedly. And really the, the process for us is to understand what inputs are valuable to these Canadian companies. So if they want to be by a certain industry cluster, if there's a certain geographic region that they want to be uh, located in, you know, we, we help sit down with them to kind of analyze that. We generate reports for them actually, Uh, And try to help guide them uh, to the best opportunities that they can find. Because in the end, we recognize that for any company interested in expanding into the United States, if they do that, if if they open a representative office, if they open manufacturing, all of these things help create U.S. jobs, which in the end is our goal. And by not
0: picking winners or losers, you know, I I figure it's kind of like, hey, if a Canadian company is a a parka manufacturer, maybe they don't necessarily want to launch into, say, Southern Florida first. So you kind of guide them in the right direction. But are are there because you mentioned kind of the competing jurisdictions within you know, the states themselves, you know, how does that kind of play a role that that balance that you have to find just kind of being factual about it, explaining to these Canadian companies what might best work for them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for us, we, we approach it quantitatively, right? So, uh, again, the, the Canadian partners that we work with, they, they really do address their benchmarks and what's invaluable to them and important to them. And, and that guides the research that we do for them. And also, in addition to that, um, you know, that's just a starting point uh, because the other part of it is, is helping connect them with the right people in these markets that they're interested in. Uh, and you know we do that uh, throughout the year, uh, based on you know however they come to us and the directions they want to provide to us. But in addition to that, we actually do host a, a large conference once a year called the Select USA Summit, uh, which takes place in Washington D.C. Uh, and this is kind of our one-stop shop to to help bring potential investors to the U.S. and be able to meet collectively um, with all 50 states and their economic development offices uh, so they can really just get a broad overview of the opportunities that are out there. So I think this year, the, this event's going to take place June 26th through the 29th in Washington, D.C. We're expecting about 3,000 attendees from across the globe representing 70 different countries. Um, and we're extremely fortunate uh, that this year our, our U.S. ambassador, David Cohen, will lead the Canadian delegation to the conference um, and help them uh, as they try to navigate those opportunities.
0: You know, we touched on the tech sector uh, just a moment ago, but are there particular other sectors, you know, that you're looking at opportunities there, you're recognizing that there is a lot of particular interest with kind of the back and forth between uh, Canada and the United States right now and the the trade opportunities that exist?
1: No, I mean, certainly. So obviously tech is is one that we mentioned because again, it's top of mind when we're here in Vancouver. Um, But, you know, the U.S. just has great expertise across a range of industries. So we don't specifically focus in any one area because you know there, there's opportunities in the tech sectors, but we have great industrial manufacturing in the U.S. as well. And there are many companies that, that are interested in having that cap- capacity and capability.
0: So uh, maybe I'll throw a hypothetical out to you. Um, let's say I am a Canadian entrepreneur. I want to expand for the first time internationally. I, I pick the United States, but I also need to set up an office. I need to be able to travel back and forth uh, and monitor what's going on at this office. Maybe I need to stay in the United States for extended periods of time to uh, see what's going on and make sure that a successful launch. H- how do we kind of smooth those things out? How do we ensure that a Canadian entrepreneur is going to have success uh, doing so uh, down in the United States?
1: Certainly. And I think it's a, it's an excellent question. And I think it really goes back to this idea of preparedness. Uh, And so, you know, for us, obviously we try to help them locate the best opportunities and we guide them in that direction when it comes to actually activating that opportunity uh, and and how they go about it. We also want to make sure that they take the appropriate steps. So one of the things that we did here in Vancouver yesterday uh, is we had an event we called select USA invest tech, Vancouver Uh, And uh, the event was co-hosted by the Maple Business Council. Uh, They've been a great partner. Uh, And we had a number of speakers at the event that touched on all the relevant topic issues that should be considered for companies that are going to take this step. Uh, Examples would be uh, foreign exchange fluctuations, uh, because again, you know, the U.S. has the U.S. dollar and Canada has the Canadian dollar. And that does change at times. And that is important for your business. Uh, Similarly, benefits packages, um, the U.S. and Canada have distinctly different systems, Uh, Particularly when it comes to things such as healthcare. So, if you're a company offering a benefits package, you can't necessarily offer the benefits package in Canada that you would in the US. I actually spoke with someone yesterday that gave me a wonderful example of how companies need to think of this, which was um, US football versus Canadian football. He said, you know, if a Canadian football team showed up in the United States and they wanted to play a game, the first thing that would happen is they'd get a penalty because they have too many men on the field because U.S. football teams have 11 and Canadian football teams have 12. Yeah. He said then they'd get a second penalty because they would be out of bounds because Canadian football fields are wider than U.S. football fields. And he said then everyone would be confused by their kicking on the third down because Canada football kicks on the third down. They only have three downs in the U.S. they have four. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a great example for how trying to do that cross-border trade can be complicated because there are these, these rules. There's, there's a number of rules that people need to be aware of. And, and again, you're talking about traveling across the border. So visas are an important component of that as well. And so I think it's important that any company considered considering doing that needs to consult the right legal counsel. They have to have the right legal partner to make sure again, that they have all these pieces in place to be successful. Cause in the end, that's what we all want. We, you know, we want them to be successful. It's good for Canada. It's good for the U S.
0: Are there challenges right now? That's uh, you know, can be easily overcome, what are some of the things that, uh, you know, I, I'm not asking to dive into policy, but what are some of the things <laughs> that uh, both countries can uh, kind of work on and ensure that there's going to be kind of, like I said earlier, that, that smooth back and forth?
1: No, certainly. And, you know, I, I always say whenever I meet with groups that the the role that I see for myself is, you know, I see myself as an opportunity creator. Uh, you know, my goal is to help companies uh, overcome many challenges that, that may be an impediment uh, to being successful. And so I think we're extremely fortunate that, you know, here in U.S. and Canada, we have such a strong trade relationship, and we've had it historically, right? This is a 150-year-old relationship, you know, as it stands between the U.S. and Canada. Uh, I think trade and goods and services every day is about $2.6 billion a day. Um, and for the U.S., Canada is our number one export destination uh, and is our number two source of foreign direct investment. So there are so many good things that are in place. And I think more importantly, too, we're seeing uh, at an administration level, you know, both President Biden and Prime Minister Trudeau uh, have been actively talking about our our roadmap for a renewed partnership uh, in key areas that we can work on, such as uh, critical minerals and uh, such as uh, clean technology. And so I I think the more that we can try to focus on advancing this relationship and strengthening these areas of partnership together, I I, I think the stronger our our trade relationship will be.
0: You know, I I want to dive into clean tech because, as you said, I think that is kind of something where uh, both both leaders of each country are quite aligned, you know, What do you see going forward with regards to just kind of the emphasis, you know, that uh, we're seeing from legislators on, you know, making sure that this happens, you know, do you anticipate that just growth is going to expand continually and that means more opportunities between the countries and just best be aligned as of now anyway?
1: I I certainly think there's a profound amount of opportunities for us in in the clean technology space. And, you know, I, I think businesses are ready for it. Uh, I think they want to be partners with us in this. And and actually, again, I I was talking, I was actually in Edmonton earlier this week and I was talking to a company there uh, and they were highlighting the fact that they actually had been applying clean technologies for a long time. Uh, But they'd never really been highlighting it because at the time it hadn't been important to their media and their marketing. But now, you know, publicly, again, we're we're all aligned with this, I think, both uh, politically as well as, you know, just across the public opinion. And so they're they're highlighting these opportunities now. So I I think more and more companies see the value in it. Um, And I think, again, like you said, there there are great technologies, both on the U.S. and the Canadian side. And there's so many opportunities for us to partner on it. Um, And so, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a space that's going to continue to grow for a long time.
0: Well, I'll leave you off with this. I'm not sure how deeply you can dive into it, but it's something that I'm very curious about, especially as I cover the technology beat here, but the, the exchange of talent. So we have a global talent shortage and we're thinking about trade and accelerating trade as well. How important or what can be done to ensure that uh, there is kind of the, the needed exchange of talent across borders and ensuring that there is this growth going on and, and ensuring that you know, uh, trade is going smoothly uh, to you know get that
1: going? You know, again, I, I think we're super fortunate that we're so close to each other, right? When we talk about talent exchange, uh, I think the proximity of our two countries uh, and the ease of which we're able to actually go back and forth across the border, uh, I, I think that really highlights that opportunity for us to, to, to emphasize doing that. Because obviously, it's not that easy to, to travel across the world. Uh, both because there are different regulations, as well as you know, just the time commitment to, to traveling to, to farther locations. So I, I think being able to have technology exchanges and being able to use this um, people's expertise, I think it's extremely valuable, uh, and I think it's something we need to continue to support. And I think I see that here. Uh, I I've definitely talked with a number of partners uh, in Vancouver where that, that that's a priority for them. Uh, you know, yesterday I was meeting with World Trade Center, uh, and I know that's something that they highlighted as well.
0: Well, I, I think I, I don't want to be presumptuous, but you might be thankful that you're in Toronto right now at this very moment versus uh, Shanghai where, where you're previously working. It doesn't sound as if it's a fun place to be at the, this moment, despite being a, such a world class city. But uh, Nathan, it, it's very cool to have you here in Vancouver, uh, kind of exposing a lot of the opportunities that exist. And I, I just want to thank you for joining us on the show today.
1: Certainly. And I really appreciate you having us on here as well.
0: And again, that is Nathan Donahue. He is the U.S. Commercial Service Attaché to Canada. That is it for the show today, but you can still go to BIV.com. You can find our stories, videos, interviews. You can find digital editions of the print publication as well. Meantime, I just want to thank everyone for listening. I'm Tyler Orton.